0: Episode 180, Padma Sambhava, Part 9, in which we will continue reading The Life and Liberation of Padma Sambhava. Now, I did peek ahead. Uh, lately, we've been reading one canto at a time, but these next few are very short. So today, I will be reciting Cantos 13. Fourteen and fifteen. If you would like to start with Canto number one, uh, go ahead and click here. If you're on YouTube, that will take you to the Padma Sambhava playlist and start with Canto one. And uh, for those on the audio, hello. So there's uh, a few different ways that you might be hearing my voice. Uh, there's a podcast called Padma Sambhava, on which this is episode nine. There's another podcast called Buddhist Books Podcast, on which uh, this is episode 180. So lately, on the uh, the episodes that number, you know, with the third digit, you know, the lowest digit from one to nine, we're reading the Tipitaka. That's what's right behind me. Uh, the Three baskets of pre sectarian early Buddhism. Uh, But, you know, right, we've been reading the rules for the past year or so. So, uh, so as not to, you know, die of boredom, every 10 episodes I read a little bit of Vajrayana, Tibetan Vajrayana to be specific. And just for fun, uh, we can put on our Nyingma hat. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, as I mentioned, normally we're reading pre-sectarian early Buddhism, which when King Ashok came along, kind of codified into what we now know as Theravada. And then uh, later it developed into Mahayana Mahayana there. And then uh, after a few centuries with the tantric movement in Hinduism and in Buddhism, developed into Vajrayana. Now of course there's yellow hat Vajrayana, uh, which is the, the Dalai Lama, is technically the head of that order. And then there's uh, the other, the Karmapas order and uh, the Sakya order. And then <clears throat> the the oldest, lowest meaning oldest, not you know inferior in any way, of course, is Nyingma. That our Enigma hat so figuratively speaking we can put that on unless you have one then feel free to wear it literally just being a bit silly um, alright so without further ado I will go ahead and get started with the reading cue the Henry Wolf and Nancy Hennings we'll go with Tibetan Bells 2 today the second album Canto 13. King Chen Mei Jordan's distribution of his treasure as gifts. In the glowing radiation of the barrel that adorns the precious palace with its pure pinnacle, towering over the whole land of Udiana was the king Opulent but sightless, Chenmei Jordan. He was also known as the Orthodox King, renowned of wisdom, great king, sovereign with the flocks, king guardian of the treasure, King Indra Bhuti. Now, King Chenmei Jordan. Although powerful and immensely rich, was blind and had no son, a fact which disturbed the king and his ministers. Lo and behold, a queen gave birth to a prince, and the king, the queen, and the ministers rejoiced. But after the festival of the birth, had been celebrated, the prince died, and the king, the queen, and all the people were overwhelmed with sadness. Besides, in that country a great famine was raging, and the time had come for many men to die. King Chenmei Jordan was despondent. Quote, in this world, no joy has come because of me. I lack the glorious sense of sight. I lack the Dharma, which is necessary for the next life. The people, the king's support, are succumbing to famine. So much grief afflicts and undermines the mind. End quote. But the seer. Asenya, undertook to dispel this grief. Quote, Lordship over men, royal rank, life, treasure, and heaped-up riches are soon gone. Birth leads to death. Many are the causes of ruin. Few are the causes of support. Even the desire to live Provides no liberty whatsoever. But cease to lament and think of the benefits of virtue. Unflagging confidence and resolution give rise to good fortune. These words pacified the king's heart. On the 15th day of the first summer moon, he made great offerings in front of the Three Jewels, recited from beginning to end the Sutras of the Great Vehicle, entitled Ratnamega and Mega, and promised as a vast sacrifice for beings to give out his wealth. This was the time of famine, when men even eight flowers. Now to the northeast of the town of Marble, Kamaru, in the dazzling immaculate lake, where many lotuses were blooming, there was a forest of Udumbara flowers, among which was a stalk thicker than arms could encompass, which changed existence in each cycle in order to appear again. In the first autumn month of the dragon year, on the day of the conquering star, Deus of the throne, when a minister came to take away this lotus, on the anthers measuring eight spans across, there sat what seemed to be a shining child, beautiful, like the conflagration of Fromm. Quote, if he is led into the presence of the king, this child may bring good fortune, end quote, he thought. But, hesitating to take him, the minister further considered, quote, is he good? Then this will mean the happiness of all nine planets. Is he bad? Then the saber will fall on me. It is better to ask first and to carry out orders. And he hastened to the royal porch to proclaim the news. This great news was to be recompensed. But the riches of the king's treasure had been distributed as gifts. As many years had elapsed, the treasure was exhausted. The sequence of almsgiving has limits. That of beggars knows none. Now the treasurers all said, quote, empty treasury, unless we are to take turns begging, to go on handing out as we have been doing is impossible. End quote. So the king, having reflected, called together the ministers of the exterior and the ministers of the interior, the whole crowd of ministers. Quote, From many years of gift giving, our resources are gone, and the succession of beggars is still boundless. Where, henceforth, are we to find means of substance? End quote. Some said, from agriculture. Others said, from the profits of trade. Others said, from war booty, by defeating the enemy. Some said this. Others said this. Of the history unabridged of the lives of the Guru of Udiyana, Padmasambhava. This is the 13th canto. King Chenmei Jordan's distribution of his treasure as gifts. Sealed. The qualities of the lake of Dhanakosa, the lake of parturition. Then the Buddha Amitabha, from his palace of immaculate precious stones, sent forth an emanation with gifts physical, verbal, and mental. Established as the Emperor Sangbo Chog, best of the good, whose corporeal form was endowed with the thirty-two favorable signs. Dominating the four continents, he set turning the wheel of Dharma, and with his supernatural glance he considered the six directions in order to raise up from the six classes of beings six sages and six gurus as regenerative messengers and to stimulate among men, faith in the fruit of one's deeds. His first glance fell upon Indra Bhuti, who had lost his son. Because Sangbo Chog had resolved to vanquish the evil genies, in the territories of savage Tibet. And since a miraculous birth was needed to inspire conviction, his second glance fell upon the turquoise, dazzling, immaculate lake. His third glance within the kingdom of Tibet, land of those repulsive malefactors, the Rakshasa, fell upon the great king, Trisong Detson, who would cause the lamp of the Dharma to shine in the darkness. Here is a clear analysis in precise terms. In the lake region of Donakosa, in Udiyana, the dazzling immaculate lake covers fully 2,000 leagues in length and breadth. The perimeter of the dazzling Immaculate Lake is 100,000 leagues in extent. It is circular and azure in hue. The dazzling Immaculate Lake has eight characteristics, which specifically may be detailed in this way. The water is pure and clear, Cool and sweet. Perfumed and thirst quenching, good and agreeable in taste. Being pure, it accepts no defilement. Being clear, no mud clouds it. Being cool, it is glacial. Being sweet, there is no hardship in drinking it. Being perfumed, it has a pleasant smell. Being agreeable in taste, it is an exquisite drink. Being thirst-quenching, it relieves the body's heat. Being good, it is beneficial for the body. And beneficial for sick folk possessed by Vignat demons. This water is the domain of prodigies difficult to grasp. When drunk by those whose karma is good, it obliterates the faults committed by beings. Men who see it, drink it, and bathe in it. Even the disputations, when they drink this water, become tranquil. The bellicose also, by drinking this water, become peaceful. The frenzied also, by drinking this water, become harmless. The enraged also, by drinking this water, become calm. Looking at the numerous beings of the six classes, with the piercing eye of contemplation, and spying out the wicked wherever they abide, that supreme splendor on earth. The Holy God was born out of the Kosa Lake. Toward the southwest of the land of Udiana, in the region of the Great Lake, apparition of unending happiness, excellent and beautiful on the northern side. On the northeastern side of the town of Marble are found the lotus stalk and the forest of Udumbara, By day in sunlight the flowers sink to the bottom. By night they rise to float luminous on the surface of this ocean of benediction. And the Holy Guide was born from this lake of Kosa. Of the history unabridged of the lives of the Guru Uddiyana, Padma Sambhava. This is the fourth canto. The looks, the qualities of the dazzling immaculate lake and the lake parturition. Sealed Oaths. background of king Indrabhuti's failure to have a son now since the king had no son the sorcerers practiced divination the astronomers made their calculations and the auspices predicted happiness and blessing quote since he has distributed alms without limit it is sure that a son will be born, end quote. And King Indrabuddhi, guardian of the Dharma, called upon 501 great Buddhist pundits and 501 Brahman pundits, 1,002 of the most distinguished sacerdotal personages. Sacerdotal to intervene one by one with the gods. And when the king had prayed for the boon of a son, in the year of the serpent at the full moon, time of psychic powers, he opened 3,000 treasure rooms. Then at the great stupa that had risen by itself and resembled onyx, he made great offerings External, internal, and secret. And proclaimed his affliction to the eight points of the compass. Yet, though to each he had given what was required, no son was born. Now another sacerdotal personage, the seer Asenya, a lofty magician who discerned the truth. Came before the king with six acolytes and said, quote, Give us alms. End quote. Quote, Nothing is left, end quote, was the answer. But he rejoined, quote, Unless we have our share, alms distributed to anyone at all are as if vainly thrown in the water. The force of truth to which we give utterance is self attested. To this the king said, quote, very well, all of you, I invite you to dwell in my palace. If what the seers say is true, the prayer for the birth of a son finds favor through the exercise of virtue. Now, let now the queens pay homage instead of the king and his retainers traveling overseas to seek the gem." Let the one thousand and two great pundits of the two confessions effectuate the propitiation of the gods. End quote. And they prepared a site for the sacrificial fire, which redeems from discouragement and despair and banishes the noxious spirits. But all the demons simultaneously unleashed perturbations. Thunder flashed and hail lashed, and there resounded sonorous thunders and black winds, earthquakes, torrents of stones, wars, and gnawing sickness, aroused panic, and overwhelmed Udianna's regions. Repeated groans rose and sprang from the ground. The noble women were scattered like grains of sand. Of the history unabridged of the lives of the guru of Uddhiana, Padma Sambhava. This is the 15th canto. King Indrabhuti's independent deed. Sealed oaths. Find out what happens next, then uh, please do subscribe to this channel, Buddhist Books Podcast. And uh, in the next episode, we will be continuing. We're on the third book of the Tipitaka, we'll be continuing with the Pakitiya rules for nuns, uh, the rules of expiation. And there are many. Many recitals from the uh, TV on that you can find here on this channel for the people on YouTube. For the people on the podcast, hello, I haven't forgotten you. Um, thank you for joining us as well. And uh, if you are impatient to wait, um, it'll probably be at least a few weeks until we get to the, um, the next part, part 10 of Padma Sambhava. In the description below, And on the page associated with this episode for the people on the podcast, I will include links both to this physical book, if you want to. There are two, Volumes 1 and 2, The Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava. You can also find it on archive.org and uh, read it on PDF for free. I will include that link below as well. Thank you for going on this ride with me, and Um, I look forward to seeing you next time. We'll go ahead and close with our usual prayer. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion may all beings be happy may all beings be serene may all beings be in peace oh Until next time.